Welcome to the March 8th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and cover the biggest stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. So Bitcoin has been on a slow uptrend since March 5th from about 3820 to 3880. And just after midnight, Bitcoin actually went above that $3,900 resistance level briefly. That $3,900 level has been in place uh, for the past several days. And Bitcoin can't seem to get past it. This time it went up to $3,925. It appears there was a bit of a short squeeze of that level as some short orders were knocked out. Bitcoin rapidly rose from $3,880 to $3,925, but it ultimately was pushed back. And it appears the pressure is upwards, though, and Bitcoin might be slowly eating away at that resistance level. And eventually, maybe there'll be a bigger short squeeze and we could finally get past it and go into that $4,000 range. And then the next longer-term resistance level to watch that has been in place since December is 4200 That's the level really to watch to see if Bitcoin can make a true bull run. Simultaneously, we got support levels probably at 3800 and then 3700 And then we have that long-term support level at $3,100. So $3,700 is definitely the one to watch to see like if Bitcoin broke below 3700 we could head back to that bear market low of 3100 But overall, Bitcoin's trying to curl up a little. But the whole crypto market is kind of going in a different direction this morning. It's mixed for sure. And there's lots of major cryptocurrencies in the red. Ethereum is down half a percent. Ripple is down 1.2%. Litecoin down half a percent. So Litecoin's been on a consistent rally. And today it's not rallying. I mean, we've seen that during its rally since December days where it goes down. Uh, but it's interesting, the past few days, it was rallying quite a bit, and that has been put to a halt for the moment. So that's not the best sign, that's not the most bullish sign. EOS is down 1%. Bitcoin Cash, down 1.6%. Binance Coin, down 4.4%. And Binance Coin's kind of like Litecoin, it's been rallying a lot consistently. And it's actually moved up to number 7 on Coin Market Cap, at least at this exact moment. But we've seen days during the rally where it's gone down. So it's been rallying for like a month or two, and there's been some days like this where it goes down, even significantly like it is today, 4.4% down. And it might be a pump and dump. Binance Coin has been rising really quick. There is some fundamentals behind it. They're launching the Binance Dex eventually. Like they're, They have the test net live. There's no announcement for the main net yet. Uh, so that's the fundamental reason people are speculating on Binance Coin, but I think it's gone a little beyond that. I don't know if today's 4.4% down movement is the beginning of a dump or if it's just a bump before the pump continues. Stellar, up 2.1%. Tron, down 2.2%. Bitcoin SV, up 0.7%. Cardano is about neutral in the past 24 hours. It's like negative 0.03%. Monero, down 1%. IOTA, up half a percent. Dash, down 0.1%. And then we head down to Dogecoin, it's down 0.4%. So this is a mixed day on the cryptocurrency markets, and that often happens when Bitcoin doesn't move very much. Yes, Bitcoin has been trying to push upwards. You could see, uh, on average, it's going upwards since March 5th, but it's only up 0.3% in the past 24 hours. So that leaves room for other cryptocurrencies to kind of choose their own destiny this morning and go in different directions based on their own merits. So when Bitcoin has a directional movement, like it really goes up or it really goes down, everything usually follows it, but... On days where Bitcoin is not really moving that much percentage-wise, we do see mixed days like we were seeing this morning. So, like I said, Bitcoin has some up pressure. It seems like there's a lot of forces trying to push down on it, but Bitcoin is generally rising and it's trying to eat away that $3,900 resistance level. Well, there are some very interesting things going on in the global economy right now. 
Uh, so the stock market has not been doing very good. Yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went down over 200 points. And today, the futures are like down 200 points right to begin with. And apparently, stocks crashed in China. And the main reason China's having like stock woes and also the United States, China says that their uh, exports declined massively. And also their imports from the United States declined massively. So that's bad for the United States and China. Like, it really went down a lot, like over 15%, the, ex the Chinese exports. So they still have a trade surplus compared to, like, the rest of the world, but, like, it, it massively went down. We're talking, like, many, many billions of dollars involved in this when the trade exports declined by over 15%. And uh, so the Chinese economy is kind of, like, showing some signs of weakness right now, and that's despite the Central Bank of China injecting, like, almost 5 trillion Chinese yuan. Remember, that's not 5 trillion U.S. dollars. The yuan is worth a lot less than a dollar. But anyway, so they injected 5 trillion yuan, and the economy is still slowing down, and the stocks are still going down, and that's a bad sign. So basically, China just did, like, a massive QE. That's what we call quantitative easing. Another name for bailout. And overall, we talked about this on a recent show, the global money printing, uh, well, the global money supply went from $70 trillion to $73 trillion within about three months. And I think most of that's actually from China, based on this data I just read. And there's other governments injecting money, too, though. Like, the United States has different ways of injecting money into the stock market via the Federal Reserve, and then Europe has ways of doing it. So, in general, the governments of the world have been injecting money into the stock market, and the money printing has been directly correlated on the charts with, like, the rise of the stock market. Because, remember, the stock market crashed around Christmas Eve. It hit, like, a bad crash. It was going down. Everything looked really gloomy. And then suddenly it started rallying since Christmas Eve. That's, like, three months now, practically. So, it was kind of, like, inexplicable. Like, what is going on here? Like, why is the stocks rallying when, like, the global economy is slowing down? We have, like, this massive debt bubble, and uh, manufacturing's way down, and trading's way down, and orders are way down. Well, it appears that money was being pumped into the economy, and that might be about to break. I guess, theoretically, they could pump even more money into the economy, and they probably will, and maybe stop any sort of stock crash. Like, if it crashes a little too much in the next week or two, they could just, you know, do a massive injection of money, and the stocks would go up. Because, you know, if you inject money, you're literally buying the stocks. It pushes it up. That's what they do. Well, that's going to fail eventually. Like, we're seeing literally trillions of dollars being injected into the global economy, and they still need trillions more to make it keep going up. This can't last forever. If they really went all the way with this, uh, fiat currencies worldwide would, like, lose a ton of value. They're already losing value. Uh, like, when trillions of dollars are printed like they have been in the past few months, and probably in the past, like, decade, this has been going on nonstop, but it's, it's accelerating a bit right now. Well, the end result would be fiat collapsing, and Bitcoin would go up a lot. Because Bitcoin right now is traded in terms of fiat on the spot markets. So Bitcoin's price will rise as inflation gets crazier. And also, a bigger impact actually is that people are diversifying into Bitcoin as a hedged risk asset sort of thing. Like if the whole global economy crashes, Bitcoin's probably the best thing to have because it's independent of the global fiat system. Independent of the stock market in a sense that um well it's not really independent like I said there's this connection here where people are investing in it if the stocks and the fiat currencies are doing bad so it's connected in that sense it's just its own thing so it's, it actually goes in the opposite direction like if the global economic system has like a real failure which is quite possible in fact the global economic system has been propped up since 2008 by tons of money printing 
So if a real failure happens in the system, Bitcoin would be the thing to go up. So it's kind of like independent in that sense. But of course, it's deeply tied to like what's going on at the same time. In the sense, yeah, there's like an inverse correlation where, you know, if the whole global economy crashes, Bitcoin would go up. So you can't say they're not connected. But at the same time, I'm trying to say Bitcoin is the thing that would go up. It has a mind of its own and it would actually benefit from the fiat system like not doing so well. All right, moving on into another story of the day. Apparently, North Korea uh, has been hacking cryptocurrency exchanges, especially in Asia, since 2015. And they've made $671 million. Pretty crazy, right? So North Korea is uh, kind of like under deep sanctions in the United States, since as far as I can remember. And... Uh, the United Nations is the one that said this. The UN is the one that's saying they took $671 million of cryptocurrency. So a lot of the big cryptocurrency um, hacks in Asia especially have been from North Korea, they're saying. And North Korea is doing this because they need money and a way to circumvent international sanctions. So they especially wanted cryptocurrency, but they had no good way to buy it because, you know, they the sanctions are so heavy. It would be very hard for them to buy cryptocurrency, I guess. So they just went on and hacked it. According to this report, I think it's technically speculation without some really firm evidence. But if the United Nations says it, it's probably true. So yeah, $670 million of crypto stolen by North Korea. And it's just really interesting that there's an entire nation out there where the government's actually trying to like hack cryptocurrency exchanges. This could be some sort of like futuristic omen. Basically, what if Bitcoin did become the global money, you know? This could be like a method of warfare. Like, uh, let's say Bitcoin's the only form of money, and like, you know, there's two different nations that are like rivals, like the United States and Russia. Hacking a cryptocurrency exchange could be like an ultimate act of war. Right now, North Korea is just doing it in order to, you know, get money and also to attain the cryptocurrency so they can circumvent sanctions. Because once they have cryptocurrency, it'd be easier for them to uh, start forming a global economic network. And apparently, they have a ton of cryptocurrency now, according to the United Nations. In other news, uh, so there was this company called Long Island Ice Tea that was listed on NASDAQ, and they changed their name to Long Blockchain. And so this is kind of like a gimmick. Basically, they saw that there was blockchain fever back, especially during 2017, during that big rally that feels like it was in a past lifetime at this point. But anyways, their stocks actually rallied like 289% when they renamed themselves to Long Blockchain, even though they didn't really have any blockchain company yet. And I'm not sure they even do at this point. But yeah, since they threw blockchain in their name, they got people to invest because people were looking for blockchain stuff to invest in. Like, oh wow, a stock named Long Blockchain. I'm going to invest in that. That must be a blockchain stock. So predictably, the SEC subpoenaed Long Blockchain and then NASDAQ delisted them. And that really wrecked their company, probably. And now Long Blockchain is finally selling their beverage company, which I guess makes Long Island Ice Teas. They're selling it for $2 million. And uh, one of the crypto news sites that I will not name says, oh, Long Blockchain's going full blockchain. They're selling their Long Island Ice Tea, you know, making factory or whatever for $2 million. That doesn't mean they're like necessarily going full blockchain. It might mean that they're liquidating their assets and paying back creditors and going out of business. And that's just speculation on my part, but there's no guarantee they're actually going to use that $2 million to, you know, form any sort of blockchain thing. Because there's nothing from this company in the news or even publicly available to indicate they're doing anything with the blockchain. So, yeah, 
I guess the moral of the story is, unless you're really a blockchain company, do not just like change your name to blockchain on the stock market because that might just wreck your whole company. And then, yeah, they made some money. And maybe they're happy with that whole scheme. I mean, 289% profit since they changed their name. That's like a lot of money. Maybe they're fine. So maybe they're just selling the rest of their company because they don't have to work anymore. As I was talking, Bitcoin just made another run at that $3,900 level. I think it briefly hit $3,900 for a second. And this is happening right as the stock market opens for the day. It is exactly 9.30 Eastern United States time as I talk. It's down 200 points instantly. So I think there's a connection there. That just kind of shows like, hey, you know, the stock's just open. They went down 200 points on the Dow Jones. And then boom, Bitcoin's rising a little bit. There is a connection here. People are, maybe someone stole, sold their stocks and bought some Bitcoin like simultaneously. And if the stock market really goes into a tailspin, like really bad, like a real crash then we could see a lot of diversification and capital injection into Bitcoin. Literally, the reason Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin was as an alternative to the global financial system, and he created it in 2008 during the Great Recession, and that Great Recession never ended. They just injected like tens of trillions of dollars worldwide into the economy and propped it up until now, pretty much. So Bitcoin's just kind of waiting there for that economic collapse, and then it might become... A legitimate global currency. Right now it is a global currency. You can send it pretty much anywhere in the world and buy anything or any service. So that's, you know, it's getting along there. But there could be a real event where it just instantly becomes a necessity if, like, the fiat currencies worldwide are collapsing. Just to show you how bad a fiat currency could get, I'm going to look at the Cafe Conleche Index. So the end game of printing lots of money and injecting into the stock market would be hyperinflation if they just kept doing that forever. And it seems like they have no other strategy. And, of course, the debt is going up. Like, they're injecting money they don't even have and taking out more and more debt. Like, I think the United States debt is now $22 trillion. So, anyways, Venezuela kind of went all the way with that sort of scheme of just, like, printing money. The United States can get away with it a lot more because the United States is very powerful and has lots of resources and lots of people paying money to them and lots of people that owe the money and stuff. So, the United States is getting away with printing way more money. But Venezuela went all the way to the end game of hyperinflation. Well, the end game is still happening now. Like, uh, So there's this Cafe Con Leche Index that shows the price of a cup of coffee in Caracas, Venezuela, the capital. Because it's hard to track the inflation. So like, literally someone goes to the same shop every week and sees how much a cup of coffee costs. And that kind of tracks the inflation. Well, it's gone from... In the past six months alone, there's been 640,000% inflation. It just popped up like uh, a week ago. The price of the cup of coffee was 2,000 bolivars, and then it was 2,800 bolivars a week later. That's a tremendous amount of inflation. That's like 40%. So 40% inflation in a week. And hopefully the United States and other major countries don't get to this point. Hopefully there's some sort of sane and sober leader that could prevent this. But right now, to be honest... They must change their strategies. They can't just keep injecting trillions of dollars. They might have to let the stock market crash and just let it figure it out itself. Like, let's say the stock market did crash. Yeah, a lot of people would lose lots of money. But it would totally rebuild itself within, like, five years, probably. And there'll be a lot of fresh companies that aren't, like, uh, you know, cheating their way to riches right now. Because basically we have all these big companies that messed up the global economy in 2008 and they got bailed out and they're just kind of doing the same thing they did to make money. They got away with it. If the economy collapsed, all the companies that are not so good and kind of corrupt and wasting people's money and getting bailouts would disappear, and then we'd have much stronger companies rise up out of the ashes. 
Basically, if the global economy and global stock market collapsed, it would be like a forest fire. A forest fire burns away the whole forest. It's pretty deadly and dangerous at the time. But then it sets the path, paves the way for the new trees to start growing, all the new flowers, all the young, healthy plants. That's how the global stock market crash would work. So that's an option. They don't have to destroy the fiat currencies. But it's kind of like who's in control. Well, it's people that are invested a lot into the stock market are probably in control of this whole system, it seems like. So they're not letting it crash. Right now, as I talk, the stocks are crashing a little bit. But I think if it went down like another thousand points, there'd be a massive sort of like capital injection from the governments of the world or something. But yeah, how does this relate to Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin is probably something good to have in your portfolio because... You know, when everything hits the fan, this cannot go on forever. It's just, like, totally inevitable that this is going to happen. Just read Zero Hedge, by the way. Like, there's a lot of inside experts on there posting, like, how bad everything is and what's really going on. And it's just really obvious that this won't last forever. So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is probably good to have in the portfolio because if the stocks get totally wiped out and all the markets along with it, you know, crypto would be the market that's doing good. And so I think crypto will inevitably have that next major rally. Bitcoin will inevitably go back to its all-time highs and much more. And right now, a lot of mud's being thrown at Bitcoin. Like, oh, it went down from 20000 to 3000 It's so bad. Like, you know, if I talk to people on the street, they're like, oh, isn't Bitcoin not doing that good? It's really funny because Bitcoin is more adopted than ever before. There's more technology around Bitcoin than ever before. And in the crypto and blockchain space in general, it's better than ever before. And then the media is painting it like it's worse than ever because of the price which has been manipulated by the Chicago Market Talks during CME Bitcoin futures. So basically we have like uh, one of the main institutions of the global market, which is Globex and CME, like manipulating Bitcoin's price downwards and then the media throws mud at it for that. Well, basically, Bitcoin is doing better than ever at this point. It really is. That's not even speculation. And then it's inevitably going to have its day in the sun again. And it's going to be much more intense this time. It'll be like nuclear sunshine for Bitcoin. It's going to go up a lot as everything else collapses. So that's all I have for you today on this March 8th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ trading desk. There's a two-week free trial right now, and they post all of their trades in real time. They've made over 280% profit since July. So if you follow their strategies, you'll probably make money. And also, you can ask any question you want to them in real time, and they'll teach you one-on-one. So this is an excellent way to become a pro cryptocurrency trader. Just join that Crypto.IQ trading desk. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.